Welcome to the Preach and Persuade podcast. My name is Sam Parada. I'm here with Dan Rudman. And we are continuing in our little mini-series on leadership. Um, Last episode, we started to actually unpack a definition of a leader. What is what is a leader and more you know more specifically what is a biblical leader uh and you know we started kind of this series with a few interviews of, of godly men godly leaders who displayed leadership in their life uh but then we wanted to go into kind of the nuts and bolts and kind of the doctrine of of leadership what is this actually biblically speaking so that's what we're doing we're working through a definition that dan has provided us from a guy that he's learned a lot from you know studying studying his uh, leadership content uh what's his name again J. Robert Clinton. Do- J. Robert. Dr. Clinton. Yep, yep. Dr. Clinton, J. Yep. Robert Clinton. So, yep. you know, go back if you haven't listened to the, the previous episode and listen to that because we were just working through that definition. And Dan, yeah. why don't you just kind of give yeah, that yeah, definition? Sure, yeah. It, it's just helpful. Yeah. You know, and uh, I got it, I had the privilege when I was actually in seminary, so 30 years ago now, but studying... Uh, uh, J. Robert Clinton stuff, and it just was incredibly helpful to me. It was so detailed, very different from a lot of the stuff, you know, the pop kind of stuff. Not that the pop stuff doesn't have value. We've talked about that. But but he had a great definition I thought was really helpful, and we're kind of using that. Um, so it's it's a person with a God-given capacity, man with a God-given capacity, and a God-given responsibility mm-hmm. to influence. That would be kind of the center big thing, influence a specific group of God's people for God's purposes for that group. So that would be the kind of the uh, working definition of a spir- of spiritual leadership. Yep. So when Clinton comes to his material, he goes, okay, that's the definition I'm working with. Yep. So there's other definitions out there. People, you know, wrestle with this, but it's a really good, thoughtful working definition. So. Right, right. And so we, we worked through divine capacity yep. last episode. Yep. And again... We talked for an hour on that, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that, because now we're going to be moving into this God-given responsibility Yeah, yeah could, I, could I just touch, if okay, yeah. so just for people picking up if this is sure. your only one. Capacity just means like every human every human has been created by God, yep. and there's this reality of, you could say, providence, sovereignty uh, in their lives. God has put things in their lives. And, um, and so capacity, we talked about giftedness, Another term that kind of came from Clinton's studies that I think was helpful. And so you had actual, what we think of as spiritual gifts, mm-hmm. right? Those lists in scriptures. I think last week I, I was saying, we, I don't even remember if we listed them all, but like, what is it, First Corinthians 12, Romans 12, what's the other one? Uh, first, uh, I think First Peter 4. Yep. First Peter 4, Ephesians 4. Yep. And they kind of give these spiritual, and, and people have done these little surveys kind of thing to kind of come up with spiritual gifts, and that's helpful. But it goes beyond that. It goes to uh, spiritual gifts. It goes beyond. It goes to natural talents. Like yep. people are born with a certain capacity to do things, like abilities, mm-hmm. natural talents, natural leadership. That's real. That's mm-hmm. personality, different things. And it can be seen in other areas of life. And then acquired skills. Yeah. People actually develop skills in their life uh, for a variety of reasons. Really fun discussion in and of itself. But... Um, those things come together, and a person has a capacity, right? To and lead. To people. lead, lead. And it yep. doesn't mean they, they're going to lead in a godly way either. That's a, I don't remember if we talked about that last week, but somebody, you know, we've seen leaders in the world right. that turn out to be evil leaders. Yeah. But they actually are using the giftedness that God gave them. Yeah, and these, these talents and these skills. And they're using it in the wrong way. So right. Say, so, that, so again, we're talking about this. There is a certain sense of raw 
stuff that God puts into a person. Yep. And you can recognize that and see that. And then yep. the spiritual leader will be one that brings that all under the authority of Christ, right? Right. Like Spirit-filled. So. Right. Exactly. I don't need to labor that anymore, though. But just as a segue from last yep. week, right? Yep. Exactly. So that's capacity in a nutshell. Um, now this idea of responsibility. Yeah. And you had you were telling me that Dr. Clinton has kind of two subpoints underneath that responsibility. Yeah, thing. yeah, and he's so detailed, y'all. If you ever get a chance to study his material, it's pretty amazing. Um, uh, yeah, he kind of just emphasized two points: was uh, um, a burden, yep, God-given burden. So God lays. You could call it a vision, you know, but I mean, truly, a God-given burden that God puts on a man. Uh, maybe even, oh, or a woman too. A woman could lead. I mean, we have, you know, that's a different discussion. Where in the church that fits? I understand that, but 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 we're we're saying a God-given man given this responsibility uh, or this capacity, and now he has a burden. Yeah, and he has a um, under that responsibility would be an accountability. Right. So those are kind of the two. So burden and accountability. Yeah. So the kind of that would be a worthy discussion to think through. Okay, burden. How, what's a burden? How do we see that biblically? How do we see it play it out in life? And then and then uh, actually under that responsibility and accountability. Yeah. You know, and we picked that up with the with the men we did the interviews with because ultimately JD did a great job of talking about that. It really comes down to a man's a fear of God. Yeah. At the end of the day a man feels accountable to God for this responsibility. Yep. For these people. That yeah, he's yeah, yeah. And it's given of God. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so let's let's start with burden then and sure. think about that a little bit and maybe yeah put a couple biblical passages to that idea of burden. I mean, I guess the way that I think about it is like, it's it's actually in a sense, it's like this feeling <laughs> in a sense, like, um, yeah, this weightiness. And, and I, I'm thinking of second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28. I'll read it for you guys so that you kind of see where I'm coming from. But Paul actually, Paul actually describes this this burden as an anxiety, which is kind of interesting because, you know, in other places in Scripture, you know, especially Jesus says, you know, it's a sin to be anxious about anything. Uh, and so we probably shouldn't interpret this word anxiety in that way. Here, I'll just read the passage for you so you kind of get where I'm coming from. So Paul is defending his ministry in Second Corinthians to these, you know, these people in Corinth who are getting, in a sense, deceived by these false apostles who are you know, slandering Paul, basically saying he's, you know, he's not a real minister. He's not a real apostle. He's not, mm -hmm. you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, giving him reasons. You know, he doesn't ask you for money. He's kind of weak. He's not as eloquent as we are, blah, 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 blah. But Paul then kind of goes off and defends himself incredibly. And at the very end of kind of like listing all these trials that he's been through, all these sufferings that he's been through, um, he says in, in verse 28, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Hmm. There is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So what's this daily pressure? It's this anxiety for the churches. And again, this, this is a daily thing. You know, Paul, in a sense, is, you know, he's he's a missionary, He's but he's a church planner. Like, he's planted all these churches um, around the Mediterranean area, and and he's 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 concerned with these people. He, he's their leader, in a sense, and he's he's worried about them in the right sense of the word, not the sinful sense. Yep. 
but there is this and it's, it's a burden it's a burden exactly yeah, yeah. it's a weight and he describes it it's on me I, I feel it it's on me and and a leader is somebody who has that and you, and you have to have that because you're you're again you can kind of get into stewardship but you're you're responsible for these people before God and if you don't care about these people, well, then you're really not cut out to lead them. Hmm. And how do you know that you actually care for these people and are concerned for their well-being? You actually feel a burden. You feel a weight. And I'm sure every parent knows what that feels like in a sense. Like, I've never had kids, but Dan, you could speak into this. Like, you actually feel this burden <laughs> and anxiety for your kids. Yeah. And for their well-being and for their future and for their de- the decisions that they make and, you know, what they do with their life. Like, you feel that. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's interesting, Sam. I was actually thinking, I was doing some work in the, our little farmstead this morning, and I was thinking about that, that you hurt for your kids. It's really interesting. Yeah. And I was just thinking, as you know, a man is 60, so I have kids in their 30s now and 20s, and they're having kids. And, and like, you do carry this burden for your kids. It never goes away. I was actually thinking about yeah. it this morning. I, think, I, I don't know if... Like a guy like you that isn't married enough kids, you, you haven't even experienced that yet. No, I just it's like, I, I, don't, I don't even know how to describe it to you. But like, it's really hard to see your kids go through stuff. Yep. And again, I, and I was thinking the thing that saves me obviously is I think you no know, God, God knows what He's doing. Yep. You know, really, to be honest with you. Yep. But you do still feel it. It's yeah. real. It's like I was like, isn't that interesting? It never goes away. Yeah. Yeah. A mentor that I had back when I was at uh, up in Fargo um, said that when you have kids, it's like your heart goes out of your body and starts walking around. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I felt, I, yeah, and I yeah. was feeling something this morning for some of my kids, and I was thinking, hey, isn't that interesting? I, it never goes away. Yeah. And again, I, I'm convinced God's doing things, and I'm, I have a confidence in that, but that hurt for them. Yep. I see, th- I see things they have to deal with life, and they just kind of hurt for them. I yep. really, they just do. Right. And so that, I mean, obviously, parents are leaders of their children. Um, the father is the leader of the house. So he's responsible for his children. He's responsible for his household. He's responsible for his wife. And he should have this burden for his wife and his kids. This, In a sense, this again, a right definition of an anxiety for them. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just real. So if you got a pastor who doesn't really care about the members of his church and doesn't really doesn't have a burden for them, well, then something's wrong. I, I don't know if this guy should be leading these people. Hmm. Um and and you see that too with with in companies and you know if a, if a, if a boss doesn't really care about his employees like he they're just dispensable and whatever it, you know it's not really a good working environment and you know there's probably been a bunch of studies done like well maybe their output isn't actually yeah. as good then it's interesting and that would be a whole interesting discussion in itself that sense of burden because it's a burden for the people but there's even a supreme burden it's a burden for the glory of God yeah. There is a burden for the people. Yep. There is a care for the people, and they're not just you know cogs in a wheel. They're not yep. just, uh, yeah. It's a burden. I was thinking, you know, a couple of verses that came to my mind, Sam, just as we're talking here. Um, I was actually jotting them down, but I was thinking um, two that I always think is like you could put them together is Romans nine one, where Paul's talking about this burden. I'm telling the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience testifies with me in the Holy Spirit, verse 2, that I have a great sorrow and unceasing grief in my heart. Yep. For I could wish that I myself were accursed, yep. separated from Christ for the sake of my brother and my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Yep. Isn't that interesting? Now, Paul, remember, he shifted gears and acts. 
in a certain way. It's interesting. It's, 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 I would call it hyperbole. He kind of said, okay, I'm not going to go minister to those Jews anymore. They won't listen. I'm going to the Gentiles. Yeah. You know. but, he, but the point is, is, isn't it interesting, at least in some expression, in the very word of God, he's saying, um, for I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brethren. Yeah. Like, like in, a, in a sense, I would give up my salvation for the sake of my brethren. Yep, his fellow Jews. That's crazy. Yep. And then Moses did the same thing. I don't know if you ever knew that. Think oh, about yeah. It. Moses did the same thing in uh, Mo, uh, Exodus 32. That's why I was just, like I say, I was thinking about this as we were talking. Look at just Exodus 32. Let me go to that 31 through uh, 33. It says something very similar. Okay, then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Alas, this people has committed a great sin, and they have made a god of gold for themselves. Yep. But now, if you will, forgive their sin, and if not, please blot me out from your book which you have written. Yep. Like, okay, if you're not going to forgive them, cast me aside too. Yep. Isn't that interesting? Yep. True leader. True. And there's something about that. Yep. And yep. I, it kind of it stirs me to think, gosh, yep. do I love people that, that well? Do I have that kind of burden? Right. And that, you know, when you think about, again, we've mentioned it too, that leadership is idolized in, in this world. Yeah. It's become this thing, like, if you're not a leader, then you're... Yeah, somehow it's a graduation thing. We exactly. Took there, right? And, like, you need to become a leader. You need to lead yeah. people. You need to influence people. Uh, uh, people envy leaders. They yeah. want to be leaders. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not fair if, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. And, and but when you when you take into account, I think this, this whole podcast on responsibility is the one that, this is what tempers that envy. Should temper it. Should bring some perspective because it's like... Yeah. Do you want that burden? Yeah. Do you want that daily anxiety? Yes. It's not. It's not necessarily pleasant or yeah. fun. Yeah. It's a weight. It's a weight. Yeah, it is. Do you want to carry that weight? Yeah. Because if you're gonna be a leader, you got to carry that weight. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, next to that, maybe we can now transition into this 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 idea of accountability. Do you want to be accountable before a holy God for these people who you're leading? Because if you're a leader, you're accountable. You can't get away from yeah. it. Hey, can I just step back one yeah, step? Yeah, step back. Would you mind? I, I, you want to move on, and it's fine. I mean, it's good to do that. But I was you know, just thinking yeah. one little other little add-on, I would think, though. I was thinking about this a lot since we've been talking about it and just this idea of burden. It's interesting to me, too, because Clinton, Clinton brought this up in all this material, clearly, that every uh, person called to lead, every man called to lead has a... Um, we'll call it this burden. Let's let's tie it. Let me tie it a little bit with like vision. Sure. And let me tie it with a term that he used: philosophy of ministry. Yep. And there can be as many different philosophies of ministry as 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 leaders. Yeah. So it's kind of like the burden, the specific thing God's given you to do. If that makes sense. Sure. So so on one hand we can say general. You know, a pastor is going to love his flock. Okay. Right. But then there's this specific thing, and I was thinking about it because one of the things I found in my life, Sam, and I just have you know, it's always this hard thing when you talk about yourself because you know how um, uh, we know how sinful we are, we know how finite we are, and we know our own pride to you know to the degree we can at any given moment. I guess praise God He shows it to us, but uh, so we can repent, right? Yeah. But, so what I'm saying, though, is that it's interesting to me. Like, I remember sitting in seminary and having a prof come in. Uh, he was an adjunct professor. And he said this. He said, if I, can, if I can do anything in this class, if I can talk you out of being in the pastorate, yeah. let me. Yeah. You've probably heard me say this, right? Yep. Because he said, Saints, uh, what did he say? Saints, sinners, and sa Satan are all going to be against you. Yep. <laughs> and he said, the only thing that will carry you through is your calling. Yeah. 
And I remember taking that class because, um, you know, Sam knows me. I'm just more wired, I think, it falls in a category, we've done other podcasts on it, of the evangelist. Yeah. And it's interesting to me because I obviously I love God's people and I want them to grow and, and carry burdens. And But if you looked at my philosophy of ministry, my tendency is to be burdened about the people out there that need Christ. Yeah. Like there's people that need to hear it. Yep. We got to get to those people. Yep. I mean, that tends to be my edge yep. in all fairness. And that, I carry that burden. You feel it. I feel it. Yep. I actually feel that burden like, no, 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 we got to get to them. Yep. And it's been that way since I came to Christ, and that's another podcast too. But seriously, I've carried that for 40 years. Yeah. And so when I come to the church, I deeply believe in the bride of Christ, and, and everything needs to be centered out of this local community of believers. But even within that, my burden's always, how does this local community of be- believers get to the world? Yeah. You know. So yeah. whether it's spending time with you yeah. or your other young men that we want to see raised up, even within the ministry we're part of, I, I, I long for young God-raised young men yeah. up there have this burden because we tend to be kind of preacher evangelist guys. Yep. To be honest with you, yep. that's who yep. we are. So I'm just saying this philosophy of ministry, even yep. when I see that, I mean, I have a burden. So JD, who we interviewed, you know, yep. it's interesting. I talked to him. He, I mean, he's this, the consummate pastor. Yeah. You know, he thinks about this flock of people. Yeah. And I think about that too, but my stronger edge is, okay, the flock of people, but what about those people out there? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. And that gets into this discussion of shepherd versus harvest model. Yeah. Yep. The shepherd model leader, yep. and Clinton brought that up too, that you see this kind of, you know, there's these truths for all of us as leaders, but then as you rise up, if you will, and move even further, then you see this, this specific, how do you say it, specificity. Yep. And some tend to be more shepherd model, some tend to yep. be more harvest model, but both would carry a burden. That's what I'm trying yeah. to get at. And the burden could look a little bit different. Yeah. But it really is a, a weighty burden. Yeah. Yep. And, and from day one, it's been that way. Well, and, that, and that's that's the history of our our ministry, Ambassadors for Christ. Is you got guys in in Australia in the late forties, yeah, who had a burden, yeah, to see the church equipped to do evangelism. In it's Australia. what it was. It was all again emphasis on the church. Yep. And then in our ministry, it's interesting, right? We have preachers. Uh, you take a guy like Al Whittinghill, and he's he, I mean he's going to share his faith no matter what he does where he goes. Yeah. But there's a he has an edge burden. When he looks into the local church, like yeah. for revival, yeah. and he just grieves over the church and the need for the church to, you know, yep. be all it's supposed to be. Yep. Yep. And we all have that too, but it may not be quite the edge of Alex. Right, right. See, each one of us is, has yep. a unique edge about revival, yep. evangelism, training for the church. It's all yep. the local church, but I'm just getting back. Isn't that interesting? So you started. I thought it was an interesting word you used, and I wondered what people would think. But you said a feeling. Yeah. And so I would, I, I'm comfortable with saying there's subjective truths. Yep. And subjective doesn't mean relative and, and mean nothing. Right. Subjective mean it is subjective. It's, it's within me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts with me. Uh, but we're talking about a biblical principle, it seems, that's true. We see it in Scripture, this burden. Yep. But then that burden becomes very particular. Yep. For each individual person, right? Right. So, I mean, I didn't want, I want you to move right on to accountability, no, but I'm just good, saying that, that burden could look different for that different people. That was a good people. detail. But yeah. also, on the other side of it, just because you have a burden for something particular doesn't mean you're a leader either. Like you oh, have that a guy, could be. That could be. You yeah. could have a guy who has an incredible burden for evangelism, but right. he might not be leading people. Yeah. Well, let's expand that then. That burden... That burden, you see, we again, we got maybe a little. So I think that's where you have to connect it—a burden for leading people. And what yeah, this I was going to say there's a burden to lead. Like I feel. Re- so let's go here a little bit more. We started with the actual definition was a God-given capacity and God-given responsibility. Yeah. 
So that burden, yes, it's a burden, but the burden carries with it. I feel responsible to do something about this. Yeah. And help people with this right. and lead people with right. this. So I was thinking in that earlier too, another verse was um, this idea when Paul's talking about, uh, and for Second Corinthians again, five, for the love of Christ controls us or compels us. Yeah. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. The sense of like, I have to do this. Yeah. Christ's love compels me. Yeah. You've said that and you see this in young guys that feel a sense subjective. Yep. Doesn't mean we can't on the outside look and confirm it, which yep. is what we're supposed to do in a community, right? Yep. But like, I just have to do this. Yeah. Like I have to. Yeah. More to me if I don't preach. Yeah. There it is. That's or the, the verse. Uh, I feel this burning in my bones and if I keep it in, I'll yep. grow weary. Jeremiah 20 verse 9. There it is. I just have to. Yep. And so... I don't know what to do with that in life. We, we feel, like I said, we, I sort of feel kind of stupid because I'm just a guy. Yeah. I'm a finite human being and I know I'm sinful, but I do feel that. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, it's weird. I, I just, I, don't, like, I can't remember who to- asked me about it. It might've been my cousin actually, because I was just up in Minneapolis yeah. just because I said, oh yeah, I felt God's calling to ministry at this time. And, and, uh, you yeah. know, what, what do you mean by that? Like what, how do you feel that call? Like, what is that? Yeah. Right. And it's, that's how I describe it. It's like, you know, it obviously has to be tested and yeah. confirmed by guys who are doing it. But at the end of the day, in that moment of the call, it was, it was this, it was this incredible feeling of burden. Like I, yeah. there's nothing else I can do but this. I have to find a way to do this. I have to do this. And it may not be quote unquote vocational ministry. It's right. not even the point. Right. But I just, I've been made. And you guys laugh at me sometimes. I say this, right? Because people say stuff to me and I'm like. Well, I'm kind of like a duck, and we yeah. just fly and land, land on ponds. It's what we do. And and they're like, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Well, I, in some senses, I'm just doing what I was made to do." Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, right. and I, I think that's true of a lot of people in life, though. Really, in different things. Right. Right. And um, you know, I think a rancher. I know ranchers like they just. Yeah. Really, ranchers or farmers, particularly. I'm just thinking yeah. of some different men. Like, no, they were what they were. They would die if they didn't do that. Right, right. They, that's like, no, right. no, no, I was made to do this. Right. And they know they're made to do that. Isn't that a cool thought? And it's the same thing we're talking about now. This spiritual leader is given a God-given capacity, and now they're given this God-given responsibility. And there's this sense of burden. Yeah. You started with the word feeling, but I would call it subjective. But I would say it's a subjective experience, yeah. but it's based on something objective. It's based on God, who I actually think is doing this. Right? Yeah, exactly. And then what we have to do is we have to try to... Um, which is a different discussion for another day probably, but like how do we around... So you have a local church, and we want to affirm this, affirm yeah. or confirm this in somebody. Yeah. Right? It's what Well, that's where it Paul, gets objective. Yeah, yeah. And so you look for fruit. I mean, yeah. we talked about that in capacity. You're yeah. looking for somebody going, no, it looks like people follow this guy. Yeah. And he's had fruit. And yeah. and so it goes to this word approved that you see in First Thessalonians chapter 2. We are approved. Yep. By God to yep. be entrusted with the gospel, and I think uh, where is it? Timothy uses the same word. I forget the verse now. Right, but it's approved, and, and that approved um, means uh, not just approved today, but it was approved in the past, and it has this continuous sense in the Greek. It always has this sense of like you were proved out. You know, you it was proved out to be true yeah. of you. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? You can see this in this person, and so, but in that, then yeah, this this responsibility is this burden. So now, now account- go to accountability. Accountability. That's this a good is a, one. This is an interesting thing because okay, we've we've already have we already have the presupposition that hierarchy exists. Yep. God created a world with hierarchy. Yep. 
there are leaders. Leaders exist. Yeah. And there are people who are leaders and there are people who are not leaders. Yeah. Not everybody is a leader. Hey, can we stop right there again too? Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a podcast. No, no, I, I, this one will have to go to a big sidebar. Um, I know where you're going with this, Sam, because you and I talk a lot about this, and we did this in other podcasts, especially when we did Men and Women, you know, God's Idea. Why are you emphasizing hierarchy right now? Given the day we live in, why is, why is this discussion of hierarchy so important? Well, one, hierarchy is like a curse word these days. Right. Right. So we, I mean, everybody, you know, this gets wrapped up into social justice and all these stuff, but equity is another term. Like we want complete equality of outcome. Yeah. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody... everybody gets the same thing. And and God didn't create the world that way. That's not how he created it. Some people are going to be richer. Some people are going to be poorer. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to be smarter. Some people are yeah. going to be dumber. Well, we've talked about this before, so we don't. I'm not trying to labor right. here. But I think it's when you say hierarchy, it's just important. But some people haven't heard our perspective right. on that before. And everybody has been created by God for a purpose. Yes. And when a person steps in and is grateful to God for that purpose, and they see it, right? They they flourish, they worship, right? They they they're grateful. Right. But we literally live in a society that's been so secularized that maybe it didn't even come from just the secular world. Maybe it's just sinful. I don't even know. But the fact is we live in this egalitarian, everybody's supposed to have the yep. same same thing, and it's just not that's not it's the not world true. God created. It's not. And so um anyway, we can go back to that. But hierarchy. So so here follow the logic now. Okay. God creates this world with hierarchy. He part of that is there there are actually leaders in this world that exist. And God calls them. Yep. Okay. How do we know? What is a, what is an objective test that we could employ or God employs in a sense to show us who the actual leaders are? Well, who does he call to give an account? So we go back to Genesis and we go, okay, you have these two human beings on earth at this point, Adam and Eve. And you have this situation where Satan comes in to the garden. I mean, I'm not going to read it. Verse by verse, right? But he he tempts Eve. Yep, deceives he, her, tricks he, her. He flips. He flips the 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 hierarchy that exists. Yep. And, you know, before it was God, man, woman, serpent. Now it becomes serpent, woman, man, God. Yep. Flips it because he knows yep. that exists, and so he's going to try to mess everything up. Yep. Now, God doesn't go along with that recreated hierarchy that Satan puts in place. He still going by how he created it. So who does he... Okay, they've sinned. They've both eaten of the apple. Yep. Sins in the world now. Who does he call to give an account? Yeah. Well, who's next in line? Yeah. The man is. Yeah. So yeah, yeah you go to Genesis 3 um, and verse 8, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman whom you, whom you gave to me, uh, you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So it kind of goes down the line, though. But who's the first guy that he calls to give an account? Right, right. Yep. Who's responsible? Right. And, and I love that, too, when you start thinking about authority and hierarchy. Uh, we're talking about authority here. Is that he says, because you listen to your wife. Yeah. And, of course, 
modernly and kind of a chauvinistic, probably sinful way, men will chuckle. Yeah. But it's not because the woman was like unintelligent. Right. That's not the point. That's not the point. Maybe she had a higher IQ than Adam. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how that, you know, that's right. God's business. But the bottom line was they messed up the authority, the hierarchy. Yep. Yep. That responsibility was on the shoulders of right. Adam. And he's like, uh, you became passive and followed your wife, and you weren't supposed to do that. Right. right? Exactly. So, and so and at we the end labored of the day, that in other podcasts, yep. but yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, when God um, judges everything and everyone, you know, according to his perfect standard, yeah. and he has all authority to do it, yeah. no one's usurping him, you know, we will see who the leaders were. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Right. In and a we sense, did, because we, they right. will have to give an account. Right. So Adam really was the leader of his wife because he was called by God to give an account. Yep. And here's another example. Um, uh, you know, you already you already uh, read a passage from the golden calf situation yeah, that was right, going right. on in Exodus yeah. 32. But if we go back there, yeah, go. here's an interesting thing. You know, you got Moses is, is the leader, obviously, of Israel. But who's second in charge? Aaron, his brother. Um, and... Moses comes down uh, from the mountain, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter because it would be a little bit too long. I'm going to try to pick some details. But he he basically, Moses calls Aaron to give an account now of what what's going on down here. Because yeah. Aaron's the one that's responsible for Israel when Moses is up on the mountain Good. getting God's law. So if I can find it here. 32 verse 21, and Moses said to Aaron, what did this people do to you that you have brought such a great sin upon them? And Aaron said, let not the anger of my Lord burn hot. You know the people that they are set on evil, for they said to me, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man whom who brought us up out of this land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So I said to them, let any who have gold take it off. So they gave it to me and I threw it into the fire and out came this calf. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like totally, Boop. totally up pops this calf. <laughs> you know, it's Adam again, you know, blame game. Yep. Well, uh, these people, you know, they're evil. Their hearts are set on evil. And, and so I said, you know, just take your gold and put it in this fire and, you know, out came this calf. It's like, well, yeah, no, that's not really what happened. You right. molded and shaped it, and you probably told him to make a cat. Yeah, right. So he's playing the blame game. But, again, Moses isn't talking to the people. He's talking to the man that was in charge of the people at that right. point. Who was in charge? Aaron. Yeah. Aaron has to give an account. Aaron's responsible yep. for what happened. Um, well, and the other, you know, yeah. There's so much of this, you guys. Yep. And, and, and we talked about this, again, in biblical masculinity, femininity, you know, God's design for men and women because men were created to, to lead in these positions. We, we talked about it then, too, I think, was uh, Numbers 13 and 14. I always think of the spies going into the land. Yep. We, I mean, again, we could find lots of examples about this. But, you know, the spies go in, they return from spying onto the land. And if you remember the story, um, they, they said, oh, yeah, you know, um, wow, it, it looks awesome, right? Remember this? Uh, let's see, when in the land where you sent us, it certainly does flow with milk and honey. I'm in uh, act, or Numbers 13 now, kind of in the middle, 27. And so they see it. It's full of everything God said. Nevertheless, here it is. Here's the report from the spies. The people who live in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And uh, moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Um, uh, Amalek is living in the land of the Negev, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites are living in the hill country, and the Canaanites are living by the sea. 
Okay, so here's what ends up happening is that people start freaking out yeah. because of these spies, right? Yep. And Caleb tried to quiet the people. We should by all means go take possession because God said to take it. So Caleb's actually leading well. Right. But the men, but it says right here, there's verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report. Remember, these the ones that they're leading now, right? Yep. Of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone spying out is a land that devours its inhabitants. And he talks about, you know, and they literally said, we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. And the thing about it that always grips me is then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Yep. So the bad report sent fear into the women and children and all the people because of this Sounds. handful of these leaders, these spies. You yep. can look at, in, this, in our case, you, you get the point. They're, they're leading, and they well, get They're this, called chiefs of their people. Yep. And they're they're and they're given a bad report, and it sends fear in all the people. Yep. And so, what's the consequence? None of you adults get to see the promised land. There it is. Your children do. Isn't that amazing? Yep. They're not leading very well. Not leading very well, and yep. they're responsible. Yep. And of course, later in fourteen, you see Caleb and Joshua are said to have a different spirit about yeah. them, which is really awesome, right? Yep. And they get the chance to go into the promised land. Right. But the nation of Israel has to, you know, be. Uh, uh, Receive the penalty, right? Because a handful of these leaders, most of these leaders, right, eighty-five percent of them said, uh, "Nope." Right. So. So that yeah, that's the thing. It's like okay, it's kind of a scary thing, like to envy leadership. And we're back into we're on our word accountability. Yeah, right. It's right? yep. a covet leadership and to want it. It's like well, think about it though. Yep. Like, I mean, you're gonna have to give an account. There's consequences for for bad leadership. Yeah. Big consequences because you're dealing with. You're dealing with a holy, just God, yep. And and you're leading his, you're leading people, image bearers of God. You're leading, I mean, if you're in the church, you're leading his blood, blood bought children, and that's a scary thing. That's a sobering thing, and it's Good. it's so crazy to think how, you know, again back to this egalitarian thing, like that women would want that. <laughs> that they would want to be a, a pastor of a church. Yep. And it's just, it's it's crazy to me that that is something that you have to have. You have to have that right to be able to do that. It's like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> Why would anybody want to do this? The only people that do do it are those called to it and they feel that burden. Yeah, yeah. And think about that. I want to, I, I was thinking that even as you were going down this track in the last, you know, 60 or 90 seconds, Sam. Those of us who sense a calling are even pretty nervous about this. Nervous. Like, like I don't know if I want this. Right. But then you, then, Most then again, what we're it. talking about, then you feel compelled. You feel like, but I have to. Yep. Yep. I it's have weird. To it's really weird. Yeah, I have to do this. Yeah. Very so. weird. Yeah, and then I think about, and just another example, too, of just consequences. Like, you're responsible for God for how you lead these people. And how you lead the people actually affects the people. Yeah. For 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 ill or for you know for good or for bad or whatever. Um, and so you think of David, at the end of his life, taking the census. You know, it says it was he's incited by Satan. Other places actually says he was incited by God. But nonetheless, God's providence, he decided to take the census of the people and his. Is uh you know Joab said hey don't do this but David's king he's he's the leader he's in authority so you know the census was taken and God said it was wicked you know I mean I'm in First Chronicles 
uh, chapter 21. And then God says, well, there's going to be consequences for your sin because yeah. this was sinful. Yeah. And and uh, now I'm in verse uh, 9, and the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer, saying, go and say to David, thus says the Lord, three things I offer you, choose one of them that I may do it to you. So Gad came to David and said to him, thus says the Lord, choose what you will, either three years of famine or three months of devastation by your foes while the sword of your enemies overtakes you, or else three days of the sword of the Lord, pestilence on the land with the angel of the Lord destroying throughout all the territory of Israel. Now decide what answer I shall return to him who sent me. Then David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Let me fall into the hand of the Lord, for his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall into the hand of a man. So the Lord sent the pestilence on the on Israel, and 70,000 men of Israel fell. So David is the one that sinned. Yeah. And God gives him three options. Here's your consequences, and your consequences are going to be actually the death of your of the people that I called you to lead. Isn't that something? And, you know, what is it? Three months of famine, three or uh, three years of famine, three months of uh, being, you know, getting nailed by your, your enemies, and then, or three days of, of the Lord taking his sword to the people and bringing pestilence. So that's such an interesting thing. There's consequences for leadership. If you lead bad, man, yeah. not only are you affected, but your people are affected. Yep. Yeah. So the accountability is real. It's super real. And then, of course, with that too, you probably could dovetail into another thing when you think of it. I was thinking of James 3, 1, right? Let, yep. not, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, knowing yep. that as, as much it. as such, we will in, uh, incur a stricter judgment. Yeah. So if you propose, uh, you say, okay, I'm going to stand up and say, I'm thus says the Lord. Yep. Man. Um you better be sure that you've done due diligence and you're really saying, thus says the Lord. Yep. And praise God that he died on the cross for our sins because even for many of us, I'm sure there's things we have not said as clear as we could have right. or wrong. Usually you don't... I mean, if you're studying well, you usually don't counter-read something, right? Yep. You can over-read something, under-read something. But even then, if you're going to say, thus says the Lord, we need to say, thus says the Lord. Yeah. And we're going to be accountable for that. Yep. A leader, again, that's the accountability. Um, I was thinking of, in light of that too, even First Timothy again. Um, <clears throat> Paul said in First Timothy chapter one, "I urged upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus, so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, nor to pay attention to myths and endlessly genealogies which give rise to mere speculation, rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith, the administration plan of God." Yep. But the goal of our instruction, listen, listen the goal of our instruction is love. Yep. From a pure heart. In other words, we're not trying to squash anybody, but there's some things not quite right being taught. Yep. The goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. For some, straying from these things, it literally said, from some men, straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussion, wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. Yep. Think about that. I've had some discussions with guys about that recently. Just, It's really struck me. For some men straying from these things have turned aside to fruitless discussions, wanting to be teachers of the law. Okay, I want to be a leader. Yeah. Okay, okay, really? <laughs> you sure? Because even though they do not understand... Now listen, he's literally saying that 
that they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they are making confident assertions. Oh, man. So they actually think they know what they're talking about, but they don't. And you see this all the time. Oh, man. And it gets kind of like, whoa. Yeah. And so accountability. And then you tie that with James and like, man, it's going to be a stricter judgment. Well, then, and so then, if you propose and say you're a teacher, you're a leader, you want, again, to the degree we can as finite fallen men. Yep. We really, I mean, we are guys, yep. we, you know, we need to be diligent with our studies. We need to try really hard to understand what we're saying. Yeah. And we need to be really cautious about that because at the end of the day, as we said in our interviews, it's a fear of God. At the end of the day, I'm accountable to God. Yep. This is the big thing. We've, we've talked about this in a couple of our other podcasts and different discussions. Accountability is an interesting discussion. Accountabilities and ministries, accountabilities and churches, accountability, accountability, accountability. And I, I deeply believe in it. Yeah. But we have all sorts of ways of thinking about it and systems where, I mean, even as we talk today, here yeah. we are in the middle of August 2022, Many of you know of some major, major people who we all esteemed who've fallen like, you know, they went up like maybe like a rocket and they've fallen like rocks. You yeah. know, it's, been, it's a bad deal. Yeah. And they had systems of accountability around them. Right. I mean, we, that's a whole discussion itself. But at the end of the day, this accountability we're talking about in this leadership, spiritual leadership, God-given capacity and a God-given responsibility, it's God-given. Yeah. And that man is going to be accountable to God. Yeah, and this is a this is a judgment. Yeah, it's a serious deal, and so you're going to stand before God and have to give an account. Yep. And so here's the thing: there's again, we can build systems. We should we should look at how do we build systems around us to try to have accountability. But at the end of the day, I love a quote by Martin Luther. He said, "Every man believes alone and dies alone." Yeah. At the end of the day, nobody gets off. No, that's the thing. We can do. We can try to build systems and again. You need to hear me. I, as much as we're itinerant kind of guys, people could say, oh, you're a Lone Ranger. Well, it's not like we want to be Lone Rangers. We're committed to local church. We want accountability. But systems are going to be, human systems are going to be limited. Yep. They always are. They're always, they're always going to come up short, but nobody gets off. Nope. And so what we're talking about here is this responsibility is a God-given responsibility that has a burden and it has accountability to God himself. Yep. Yep. And I even think of doing just another passage just to prove this point even more. Very end of Hebrews, you know, you got done this this author, whoever wrote it, you know, whoever it is. Oh, Hebrews? <laughs> yeah. It's Paul, you know that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, at the very end, he says two things. I'm jumping, starting in verse 7, rem- uh, chapter 13. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their, of their way of life and imitate their faith. And then he... Yeah. We jump to verse 17. Obey your leaders. So remember your leaders. Obey your leaders and yeah. submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Yeah. Wow. So, and that and that's the thing, you know, you get people in the church all the time who gripe and quibble and moan and groan and, and, and complain and whine, and it's just like about about how their pastors decide to do something or... You know, yeah. just these little nuances and stuff like that. It's just like, man, it's really easy for you to sit there and complain about some of the ways that your your leaders do things and, and maybe, you know, not even like, we're not even talking about doc, like major doctrinal things, just little, just little things of like maybe how to, what, what, 
what type of coffee do they serve at church? Or, or you know, yeah. maybe they have too good a coffee. Maybe that's a little bit secret sensitive or, or whatever. Like, oh, man, the sanctuary looks a little too nice. Like, like, come on. I didn't like that music today. Yeah, I didn't like the music today. <laughs> well, was it, was it, did it say anything? Was any of the lyrics, like, heretical or unbiblical? No, 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 no. All, that was all good. I just didn't, you know, maybe the temple or whatever. It's like, okay. Like, chillax a bit. <laughs> um, yeah. Give your leader a break. If you, if you fill I up, I think his, that's what you're saying. Right? Yeah, give them a break because if there's you, a place to to call things right. But you got to realize, like, if you got a church of a few hundred members, and 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 you're blowing up your your pastor's inbox with little minor details like that that aren't actually like doctrinal things or major things, you got to expect that there's probably another like thirty people doing the same thing every week. Oh, yeah, and you're not the only one, and you think. You're like this guy's keeping watch over your soul. Yeah. Do you think you want to take up his time and his week of trying to study the word of God to feed you correctly and actually counseling people in your congregation with real problems? Like you want to take up his time trying to answer your emails about the song selection last Sunday? Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was hard. That was hard. With the whole, uh, well, that was hard for people the last few years with this whole social justice thing. Again, yeah. I sort of felt bad because I had I had critiques of people. Yeah. I had, you know, people oh, man. have asked me. I mean, people who but, know but me at know the that same I got time, critiques. But at the same time, yeah, you had pastors and leadership that were dealing it from both ends. Yeah. You had people saying you're not being right engaged in social justice right. and you know in 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 the racial thing enough. Yep. And then you had other people going, wait a minute, you're buying into a theory and ideology. Yep. You know, critical yep. race theory, these sort of things. Right. Uh, that's wrong. Right. And I actually felt bad. Like, yep. I really did because I thought, no, some of this, again, needed to be corrected in certain places. But I, I do understand you're hearing it from both ends. Yeah. I actually do. I, yeah. I, I know you're being blasted it's and tough. you're feeling like you're you're in a vice. Yep. Uh, but I'm trying to embolden you to go the certain direction that I really do want you to go because I think biblically this is the way you have to and go. And at the end of the day, the leader is accountable to God. Right. And he has to, he has to stick with his conviction. Actually, I think this is what the Word of God teaches and says, and this is the direction I need to lead these people, even if people don't like it. Yeah. And so there was something about all that. I'm just saying, though, that can, I think what you're saying, yep, Sam, and tough. we're kind of camping it, it, it. This is a call, high call of a man to lead God's people. Yep. And even as those that are following, we need to, even that approach humility and yep. a, a graciousness and a kindness and an understanding that they're carrying a burden. Yep. If they truly are a called person of God, yep. that's maybe something we can't even understand right. to the degree. Right. I exactly. mean, maybe some, but maybe not entirely. Exactly. You know, I, again, I don't want to right. pretend that there's a, this elite exception, but they do have a calling yeah. to do something yeah. that you may not fully understand. Yep. You know, same thing. You, you said parent parenting earlier. There, there are things uh, my kids just can't understand until they have kids. Yep. They're, even now, they don't. They, you know, someday they're going to have adult kids and go. Oh, now I know why Dad in the '60s was carrying this burden. Yeah, yeah. They, they just, it's it's real. Yep, yep. That's good. You got a verse you're gonna share, or, or are you just? Well, thinking? I'm thinking. Yeah, I've been thinking. I'm, I'm. I'm. You can hear. I don't know if you can hear my Bible in the podcast, but I'm thumbing through all sorts of things in Timothy, just thinking through. You know, even that as he corrects people, he's supposed to do it with kindness and gentleness. Yeah. And, and there's a care. That's all. I'm, I'm yeah, I think of the very end of of Second Timothy: preach the word in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience in teaching. There it is. That's it. There's, and again, we can. Yep. Do that wrong, and we need to own that. Doesn't mean you're not rebuking. Doesn't mean you're not reproving. But 
you're patient with the people that maybe that's when it. you correct them, they don't change their way right away. You, you're patient. You keep. Yeah, there's something about that. Right? Yep. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. So, so coming back, um, this whole part of our definition, we started with capacity. We spent last week talking about that for a good hour and a half. This week we're talking about responsibility and we're saying burden. Yep. Borrowing from Clinton, I like that burden and accountability. Yep. And at the end of the day, we're accountable to God. Yep. And we could expand that a little bit. I, I think we talked about this, you know, even before we started this podcast. I mentioned it because I've been talking about it recently for a variety of reasons. One is the you know, responsibility I have with a uh, a ministry now, yep. Ambassadors for Christ. Yep. I have this new position, I guess, to help lead the guys. Yep. And um, that word accountability comes up. Yep. And like I, I deeply believe it, but you have to kind of define it. You have to think it through. Yeah. And again, I still think at the end of the day, not shirking any system. Yep. Because some people might think that's what I'm saying. I'm not. We really are accountable to God. Yeah. Because you can fool people. Nobody gets off. People get fool. People fool people all the all time the in time. the most strictest systems in the world. So, so I just simply say it seems to me, and somebody in the podcast could write in or something and ask questions or push back on this, but it seems to me as I think this all through. That accountability starts with my accountability to God, mm-hmm. and then I have accountability within my family, my mm-hmm. family, those who see me closest, mm-hmm. right? Because that that's even a qualification for a leader. You got to be able to lead your family well. So yeah. my wife, my kids see me for who I really am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than anybody. Yep. And then there's an accountability, and this would be, uh, I don't know if it's two sided coin. They're both very close to me. One is obviously in my local church. Yep. There's an accountability within my local church. But within my local church, when we say that, there's a part of the church that's institutional, which is good. Right. But I'm talking about there's that, but then there's the communal relational side. Yeah, so within my church, there's a handful of people that I cultivate. And I yeah. tell you, you know, I tell the young guys like you all the time, Sam, I mean, it takes time. You yep. got to build these friendships. But I have men that kind of know me, right. I think, to the degree right. another human right. can know a man. Nobody ever can know everybody perfectly. We don't even know ourselves perfectly. We're so messed up in our sin. But, but you have people that you forge friendships with, and those. That's we did some of those leadership things. I we mentioned it. Those leadership interviews. Yep. You know, I've known uh, Al that we talked to Al Nagan. I mean, I've known Al for goodness, what is it, twenty-seven years now? Yeah. You know, and you and we built this long-term friendship, and and you know, there's been times it's even been not totally rough, but probably some differences of opinions on things. Yep. And had to bump heads a little bit. Nothing terrible, but we've right. had that. And uh, But you have these friendships that you're accountable to because they see you. Yep. But you're going to have to cultivate that in yep. your life. Yep. And every man needs that, not just somebody in ministry, by the way. Right. We all need to cultivate certain friendships. And over time, there's sort of a chemistry to that. You yep. click with a certain person that really could see you for who you really are. Kind of yep. knows that you know, you're not all that. And yep. You know they know that. And, yep. And uh, the question that we brought up there that I like um, was, you know, there's that question, what's the one thing you don't want to, want me to, you know, ask you this week? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you need a few friends in your life that you can do that with. Yep. What's the one thing that, you know, you'd rather me not ask you this week? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And so, so there's that accountability, it seems to me. And then you can have an institutional accountability. Like we're trying to develop in the ministry. There's a financial accountability that I want to have to supporters, to a ministry, accountable to follow through with the job description they give you. I mean, I, that makes sense. It's yep. kind of a job performance thing. In all fairness, it is. You can kind of say, yep, did you do what is outlined for you to do? Um, but at the end of the day, what we're talking about here in spiritual leadership, the ultimate accountability is going to be a man standing before God. Yeah. And that fear of God in the best sense should 
motivate you yeah, to be a good leader. That's where it <laughs> Yeah, should motivate you, should be hanging over your head in a good way. And again, yeah. hanging, maybe that's a bad way to say it, but you know what I mean. It's, yep. it's there. It's, you No, 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 you can't get out of this. Right. You're not going to. And so I have to speak. Yep. I have to. Wow. I have to say certain things and do certain things. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. We're about yeah. at an hour. That's good for this episode. Great. Um, again, thanks for listening to the Preach and Persuade podcast. Uh, Couple things. If you, you know, enjoy our ministry and want to help support what we do with Ambassadors for Christ, um, uh, yeah, you can go to afci.us. That's our website. We're getting ready to revamp our website, so you know, be patient with us in that. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can make a do- donation on through our website um, to Dan's ministry, to my ministry, uh, whatever you want. Um, you should be able to find our, our names on the designation tab. But otherwise, just for the podcast. Uh, you know, if you're listening to, on Apple Podcasts or whatever, you can leave a, a rating. Five-star rating would help, you know, get this content out to more people because of, you know, algorithm stuff or whatever, however that, however that works. But, again, thanks for listening and tune in to the next episode. Thanks. Bye. Bye.